Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. podcast my name is sunny and i'm here with my co-host caleb hello and of course before we get too far i do want to take just a moment to thank all of our wonderful patrons so a huge thank you to cam yang austin johnson kane martin gate guardian support hgh cyber marshawn jones witchcraft remain 2022 zyphorus zephyrius ad aaron gardner anthony lila blackwing silver when the ascendant is a floodgate brandon branded fart brandon eldritch cult of the eldritch gummy bear damian zinc dank nugs invoked fart mountain man nico gown number one bottom text oatmeal spaghetti owen alvarado pig rudolph sneaky links sunny you sovereignness and it was super effective unbanned number 95 konami virtually saviors world what does pot of greed do zingus khan aluber the goober get kaiju loser maxi solves combo nordic best deck old man red pin code 143 ray powell Shockmaster did nothing wrong and slaking it up Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. And of course, we also want to let you know that if you want to find us, you can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, anywhere, of course, that you get your podcasts. Uh, We are starting to put a little bit more than our regular stuff on YouTube. We're trying to put out actual videos. So if you could go ahead, hop over to the YouTube, quick subscribe, we would have really, really appreciate it. And of course, we want to take take just a moment and thank our wonderful sponsor, Dragon Shield. If you hear that wonderful shuffling noise right there, that is, of course, me shuffling some of these Dragon Shield art sleeves. This is the 2022 art sleeves, which are, I'll tell you the actual name of the design, Water Tiger 2022. They are a wonderful, wonderful matte finished sleeve, and they do a wonderful job of protecting your cards, and they look amazing in the process. If you want your chance to pick some up, you can, of course, find them on the Dragon Shield website. Their link is in the description down below. You can use our affiliate code to help the channel at no extra cost to you. And of course, if you want to buy some cards on TCG Player, you can use that affiliate code to help out the channel also. And... What do you say that we go ahead and get on into the episode? Woo, new cards. Let's go, baby. Oh, uh, before I forget, I actually do also want to say one last thing very quickly. Um, We are still running our Remote Duel Locals on Thursday nights. So if you're interested in checking out our Remote Duel Locals, they are free to enter. They are there entirely to help people get better at the game. So if that's something that you're interested in, please, please, please go ahead, join the Discord server, and you can hop in Thursday nights for free Ooh, one hold on one hot second is this our first episode of this month 
No. no, not really, but I forgot to say this last episode. Happy Pride Month to everyone who this applies to. Yep, for sure. Happy Pride Month to everybody out there. So, you want to go ahead and get on into the new cards? Ooh, definitely. I'm excited about some of these cards. Yep, for sure. So, before we get to get too far into the cards, I do want to take just a little bit, a little bit of quick play news. We do have the name of the next core set from the OCG, which will be pretty much translated directly over here it's called photon hypernova so this is after power of the elements um or the I set think, after power of the elements i think there is the power of the elements and then another set and then this one okay cool so photons yes it is a it is a form of light that is neither a wave nor a particle true was that it that's all that that I mean, it, 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 to be told, it's one of those things where it is both a wave and a particle, but also not a wave and a particle. It's weird. Doesn't matter. You know what that reminded me of when you said that? What? Vector! Vector! <laughs> Vector! Something with, was it, uh... Oh my god. Magnitude and direction! I haven't seen that movie since it came out. Oh, my son loves Despicable Me, yeah, so... I, I don't even remember. Oh my god. <sighs> He's a bigger fan of honestly the Minions movie because you know he's five. Well, yeah, it's it's who they're market it's who the Minions are marketed toward, and it does a great job of it. Well, I mean, yeah, it's big, big. I mean, yeah, marketing to little kids is big, big, really big, bit. Yeah, I am having issues saying big business. It's okay. It's late. We're both tired. I get it. Okay, so let's start out starting with some of these new cards. Sure. So let's start with some new Duke Devlin cards. I love how the title of this article on the Yu-Gi-Oh! organization is straight up Dimension the Dice! Yeah, for real. I I will say I really love that little segment from the anime. Yeah, people hated those few episodes, but I, I loved, loved them. I loved it. I love Dungeon Dice Monsters. It was such a cool concept that we never, we kind of got in the States a little bit. But not really. Yeah, we got like the base set and the blue eyes from the DVD and that was it. Yeah, people don't really remember that the in the original in the original Yu-Gi-Oh, not I guess manga in the original Yu-Gi-Oh manga, and even a little bit in Season Zero, you see this where Yugi wasn't just the king of the Yu-Gi-Oh card game. Yeah, he was king of games. Right, all so, of them. Right, and in the original in the original manga, he didn't just play the Yu-Gi-Oh card game. That was just a small piece of it. He played all kinds of games, and he slapped at all of them. Well, this is all talking like super early on in the game's history, back when um, it was originally about a serial killer. Yeah. Or Yami was a serial killer. Yeah. So, you know. He, and the name of the game was uh, Demons and Wizards, I think? Oh, I don't remember. Something like that. Remember. This is, but I mean, this it was, is I mean, like... It was a spinoff of Magic the Gathering. Not quite a spinoff, but it was it was a Japanese well, take on Magic the Gathering. Well, the original. So when I say a spinoff, it, like the original card game that they portrayed in the manga. Yeah, it was pretty much just Magic the Gathering. Right, without, and then like, literally without uh, land. It's like Magic the Gathering with a lot more murder. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you can even see this, and if you look in the original artwork for a lot of the for a lot of like the original mangas, you can see that in the artwork. Right, and I think that's why there was this fascination with getting things like Dungeon Dice Monsters and things like that into the show, was to kind of portray that, you know, there there was more to this than actual Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah. you know? So, to the actual cards, so he's getting two of the cards that he used, uh, that Duke Devil used against his duel versus the Big Four, uh, specifically Dice Dungeon, the field spell, <laughs> um... So, field spell card, dice dungeon. When this card resolves, I can add a dimension dice for my deck to my hand. The spell card. Well, the player the player can, not just Caleb yeah, yeah. in particular. <laughs> yes, just me. Only me. I'm the only one who gets play. Nah. It's not good cards. Uh, two, at the start of the battle phase, I can make each player uh, roll a six-sided die. And if they do, apply these effects to each monster on the field based on the c controller's result until the end of this turn. On a one a three or a five it loses it loses as an attack loses 500 attack or gets their half or gets their attack their attack cut in half right on a two a three 
No, a two, four, and six. Two, four, and a six. It gains a thousand attack, gains 500 attack, doubles. Basically, on odd numbers, they lose attack, and on even numbers, they gain attack. Yep. So now for the actual normal spell that you search off this thing, Dimension Dice. Sure. So Dimension Dice is a normal spell card. Uh, if you control a card that has a die rolling effect, tribute one monster, especially on one monster that has a die rolling monster effect from your hand or deck. Not good. I mean, neither of them are good, but yeah, I even looked up all the monsters that have dice rolling effects. They're all terrible. So unless they release, um, I actually looked this up. Something the relentless Urgoth, Urgoth, the relentless. Let's release him with like a really good dice rolling effect. That's like roll a dice on a one, destroy a card on the field on a two, banish a card from the graveyard on a three. Do this crazy draw one on a four. Do this. Right. Yeah, they would they would have to literally release a monster with no bad effects on the die roll. Yeah. Which I don't think they're gonna do. Yep. Next we have Performa Pal Odd Eyes Seer. Fun fact about this guy, he can be searched, I think, fifty by fifteen different cards. Probably. Well, from fifteen different archetypes, he can be searched. Cause he's an odd eyes monster, a performer pal monster, a synchron. A tuner. He's not a synchron. Yeah, it's Odd Eyes Performer Pal Synchron, huh? Seer. Seer. I thought I said synchron. Well, he's not a synchron, but like Performer Pal Odd Eyes by itself is a lot of searching. Yeah, just in the sheer matter of it's a pendulum card. Yeah, plus all the pendulum support. Right. So it's a level six dark spellcaster pendulum effect monster. 100 attack, 1800 defense. Pendulum scale of one. Pendulum effect. You can only use the pendulum effect of this card's name once per turn. One, you can target one performer pal or odd eyes card in your graveyard, add it to your hand, then destroy this card. Monster effect. You can only use the monster effect of this card's name once per turn. If you control this pendulum summoned card, you can activate this effect based on its battle position. Attack position. Banish this card, then target one performer pal or odd eyes monster in your graveyard, special summon it. Defense position. Take one performer pal or odd eyes pendulum monster from your deck and either add it to your extra deck face up or send it to the graveyard. Yeah, it seems good. Uh, I don't know enough about Odd Eyes or Pendulums to really, you know, get a good feel for how good good or bad this card is. So I'm right. Gonna, I'm gonna leave it on a. It exists. It does indeed exist. Well, it will exist. It, indeed. All right. So next up, we have a new uh, Elemental Hero card, uh, specifically a Neos card. Yes. Yeah, it's called En Shuffle. Uh, a normal spell card, you can only use the first and second fix of this card's name each once per turn. One, shuffle an elemental hero or a neospatial monster you control into the deck. And if you do, special summon an elemental hero or a neospatial monster with a different name from your deck. Two, you can banish the card from your graveyard, shuffle an elemental hero monster and one neospatial monster or one elemental, heroes, uh, elemental hero neos, neos from your graveyard to the deck and then draw one card. This seems really good, actually. The first effect, anyway, because then it essentially lets hero players switch around any two elements of heroes. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know how many element heroes are run outside of exactly uh, uh, element of hero uh, Stratos. Stratos, thank you. I was drawing a blank on Stratos. <laughs> yeah, no, it happens. Like I said, it's late. Yeah. So I don't know if they run any other elemental heroes specifically. I don't know either, but it does seem playable to me anyway. I, I mean, people might start rolling Grand Mole again. Nah, they would <laughs> run Aqua Dolphin to rip a card. Oh, absolutely. Grand yeah. Mole is just funny, though. I, I just have such fond memories of Grand Mole. True. Uh, its Spanish effect's probably never going to go off because you have to shuffle an Elm to Hero and a Neospatian or one Elm to Hero Neos. Yeah, I don't see that going off. Yeah, draw a card. So. Next up, the next set of cards we're going to talk about are Advanced Crystal Beasts. Yes, Advanced Crystal Beasts. In the anime, these were just like powered up, darker versions of the original Crystal Beasts used to summon Rainbow Dark Dragon. So to begin with, we have Advanced Crystal Beasts Ruby Carbuncle, a level 3 Light Fairy. You heard me right, Light Fairy. They don't change their typings or their attributes for this. Nope. Even though I think Advanced Dark, the field spell required for these, changes their typings to Dark. Eh, it'd be like that. Can only use the third effect of this card's name once per turn. One, if Advanced Dark is not face up in your field zone, send this card to the graveyard. All the Advanced Crystal Beasts do this. Yes. Every single one. Two, if this face up card is destroyed in a monster zone, you can place it in your face up 
in your spell and trap zone as a continuous spell sending the graveyard. All the advanced crystal beasts do that, as well as do the regular crystal beasts. So I'm just going to skip those two effects. Just be aware that all these cards are about to, all these monsters are about to mention, all do that. Yes. Now the once per turn effect. One. Oh, now the once per turn effect. I mean, three. If this card is treated as a continuous spell, you can special summon it. Then you can special summon as many advanced crystal beast monster cards from your spell and trap card zone as possible. It's all right. It's here. Yep. Next up is Advanced Crystal Beast Amethyst Cat. Level 3 Earth Beast Effect Monster. 1200 attack, 400 defense. Same first two effects. Third effect. If this card, if this face of a card is destroyed in a monster zone, you can place it in your spell and trap card. Oh, they mixed around these effects. Two. Your Advanced Crystal Beast Monsters can attack directly, but when they do so using this effect, the battle damage looked to your opponent is halved. Yep. Next, we have Advanced Crystal Beast Emerald Tortoise. Level 3 Water Aqua Effect. 600 attack, 2000 defense. Of course, if Advanced Dark is not in the field zone, send it to the graveyard. Once per turn, quick effect. You can target one face-up monster on the field, change its battle position. And then three, if this face-up card is destroyed in a monster zone, you can place it in your spell and trap zone as a continuous spell instead of sending it to the graveyard. Yeah. Which, yeah. again, they all do. Yeah. So, quick effect, you can tilt something. Yeah. Meh. Advanced, uh, Advanced Crystal Beast Topaz Tiger level for Earth. 1600 attack, 1000 defense. Uh, if Advanced Dark's not on the field... All advanced crystal beast monsters you control gain 400 attack and defense. Also, all face up monster your opponent controls loses 400, 800, 400 attack and defense. For a grand total of like an 800 point dis uh, discrepancy there, which is, which can really swing, you know, because all of a sudden this Topaz Tiger is 2k attack. I mean, it could come up, yeah. Uh, next up is crystal uh, advanced crystal beast Amber Mammoth. For those of you who know, of what I'm about to do, you know. Get into the chopper! <laughs> I don't know. In the anime, for whatever reason, they gave Amber Mammoth uh, an Arnold Schwarzenegger imperson impersonation. Accent? Yeah. Interesting. 1700 attack, level 4 Earth Beast, 1700 attack, 600 defense, 1600 defense. Advanced Dark, blah, blah, blah. Once per turn, when your opponent activates a card or effect that targets an advanced Crystal Beast card or cards and or advanced Arcade Control, Quick effect, negate the activation. Hey, okay. it's, a, it's an effect negate, but it has to target something. Yeah. Uh, and then, <clears throat> fell and trap zone effect. Uh, advanced Crystal Beast, Cobalt Eagle, level 4, Wind Wing of Beast, 1400 attack, 800 defense. Uh, if Advanced Dark's on the field, uh, you can send this card from your hand or field to the graveyard, add Advanced Dark from your deck to your hand. It's pretty good. Yep. And then blah, 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 blah. Finally. Well, you, you skipped an effect. Well, the next effect is uh, a... It is uh, if this face of card destroyed in a monster zone. Place no, it. it's got two. Of, it's got four oh, effects. It does once yeah. per turn you can target an advanced crystal beast card you control, either return to the hand or place on top of the deck. That's awful. They're all awful. Next we have advanced advanced crystal beast sapphire pegasus, level four wind beast effect monster, eighteen hundred attack, twelve hundred defense. If this card is summoned, you can place one of your advanced crystal beast monsters that is banished in your hand, deck, or graveyard. Oh, that is banished in your hand deck or graveyard face up in your spell trap zone as a continuous spell. Like, that's actually really good. Yeah, but you know what's, like, really, like, disconcerting and off-putting about this card? What? Um, if you zoom in real close on the picture, mm -hmm. I'll let you zoom in. It's got no teeth. Yes, because... No, no, he does. It's got no teeth. He's got teeth. It's got no teeth. He, he does. This thing has no teeth. He does. No, it doesn't. It has I, no teeth. I am zoomed in and I see the teeth. But I disagree. No teeth. That's just the rest of his lip. <laughs> the it's the issue is a different it's a different color from his lips. But I will say his teeth are really small for a horse. It's got no teeth. Moving on. What? No, no, no. You're not going to move on past this. No, no, no. It, these are bondage animals and this one's got no teeth. Bondage animals. They, they all look like wrong i'm just gonna say i mean it's just their base forms but they're armored except ruby carbuncle who just looks like a wild who just looks like a cat that's been out in the wild for too long feral cat that's the correct answer there feral cat <clears throat> be like all the rest of them are just like armored versions of their normal selves it's it's it's, it's barely you there's no way you can like actually consider this armor oh uh, no on, on sapphire pegasus it's a uh a necklace. No, it's a saddle. Around its neck? 
Yeah, it goes around the neck, and then it also comes comes like down and then around the stomach too. No, it doesn't. Because if you look uh, at the artwork of Advan- of uh, Advanced Dark itself, which I just had open, why? Because it's at the top. That that's that's Advanced Dark at the top. You can kind of see the side of the saddle. Okay, so if I zoom in real close on Advanced Dark, boom, you can see its entire back, no saddle. Hang on, I gotta lean over. Oh. Oh. Weird, they removed the saddle. Because it was there in the uh, anime. I remember it being there in the anime and manga. I mean. Weird. Everything about this is weird. For the elephant, they only armored half of his trunk. And his feet. It's just. That's not enough armor for an elephant. That's not enough armor for anything. Because listen, there there is they, actual. They did give Ruby Carbuncle a very spiky collar. Okay. Because listen, listen, there is a historical like. Caleb, uh, check the historical records. No, no, there are there is historical like elven armor, and it covers like the entire face, it covers the entire trunk and the sides. And it was um and it was all up uh, it was all slant. It was all lamellar, layered up, facing upward. Listen, the point is that that Pegasus got no teeth. <laughs> He's got teeth, but they're too tiny. Oh my god, they're so tiny. That means he has no teeth, and Trippi- it's a little bit disconcerting. Tripitol looks like a tooth, just one big tooth around the entire front side of its mouth. No teeth. Which is, to be fair, which is more disconcerting, a singular mega tooth <laughs> or no teeth? Yes. <laughs> All right. Next, we have a few reprints. Um, the only notable reprint, I think, is the blue eyes. Yeah. So they're doing like a prismatic secret rare blue eyes. That's like really hard to get, apparently. And it's all the regular blue eyes, white dragon stuff. But it's got the original flavor text from before the ultimate engine of destruction. Right. So it's got the very original first Japanese flavor text, which is super rare card. The highest attack and defense card. Too difficult to get. Too difficult to get. (laughs) True. (laughs) All right. And next we have a couple of Amazonist continuous trap cards, which I am game for these cards just because the artwork looks great and they definitely won't be censored at all one of them definitely won't, won't yeah be. yeah the other one 100 will unfortunately <laughs> first we have amazon amazonist audience room or amazonist hall depending on how they translate it uh continuous trap card you can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn one when this card resolves you can add one amazonist monster from your graveyard or face up extra deck to your hand or if it is a pendulum monster you can place it in your pendulum zone instead two if your opponent special summons a monster and you control an Amazonist monster card, you can target one of those opponent's monsters, gain life points equal to its attack. Okay. Okay, the other one, which is the one that's going to be censored, Amazonist Secret Hot Spring or just Amazonist Hot Spring? Continuous Trap, you can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. One, when this card resolves, you can add an Amazonist monster from your deck to your hand, or if it's, an, or if it's a Pendulum monster, you can just place it in your Pendulum Zone instead. Two, when you take battle damage and you control an Amazonist monster card, you gain life points equal to the damage you took. Both of these would be great if they were continuous spell cards, but they're continuous trap cards. Right, so like unnecessarily slow, slow for no reason at all. Which means the deck will not function. Alright, and now we have some of my favorite cards that got announced. The Doodles! Yes, my favorite too. There's three Doodle cards uh, currently. Yep. I'll, so... let you, I'll let you get these two and, I, and I'll get the third one. That's fair. All right. So first we have Doodle Beast Stego, level five Earth Dinosaur Effect Monster, twelve hundred attack, eighteen hundred defense. You can only use the first and second effects of this card's name each once per turn. One, if you control no monsters or all monsters you control, are dinosaur monsters, you can special summon this card from your hand. Two, if this card is normal or special summoned, you can add one Doodle Book Spell Trap from your deck to your hand, then discard one card. Not bad. I mean, it's a searchable level 5 dino extender yes because okay because level 5 that makes it searchable off of fossil dig it's also searchable off of normal summon ov raptor yes both of which also fulfill the conditions to special summon it out of your hand 
Yes. Well, kinda. Next we have Doodle Book Uh-Uh-Uh. I guess that's how you would say that. No, no, it'd be more of a uh-uh-uh. Yeah, that. Normal trap card. You can only use the first and second effects of this card's name each once per turn. One, if your dinosaur monster is targeted for an attack, negate the attack, then you can special summon one Doodle Beast monster from your graveyard. And if you do, it cannot be destroyed by battle. Also destroy it during the end phase. Two, if this card is in your graveyard, except the turn it was sent there, you can banish it. Add it. Add one level five or higher dinosaur monster from your deck to your hand. That last effect is literally just if this card's in your graveyard, get fossil dig. Yes. Well, one level lower fossil dig, which is important. Now for the third one, which is the coolest in my opinion. Doodle Beast Tyranno. Earth Dino, level 8, 2400 attack, 1200 defense. You can tribute some of this card by attributing one dinosaur monster. You can use the first, only use the first effect of this card's name once per turn. One, during the main phase. If there is a dinosaur monster on the field, you can quick effect. Immediately after this effect resolves, treat summon this card from your hand. Broken. Two, if this card is normal summoned, I do believe a tribute summon is just another form of normal summon. You can destroy one monster on the field. Then if this card was tribute summoned by tributing a doodle beast, gains attack equal to half the attack of the, uh, of the destroyed monster had on the field. Not bad. Bro! If you tribute summon this this guy over, uh, tribute summon this dude on your opponent's turn, it's an interrupt pop, but then also if you tributed the stego for this, he, he gets big. Yeah, it's a cool card. I think he gets up to 3k if you do that. Because well, I think Stego's 1200 attack. No, 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 no. He gains the attack of the monster he popped. Oh. Half the attack of the monster he popped. So he can very easily get really big. Yeah, for sure. Like, bigger than Ultimate Conductor Tyranno, depending upon what you popped. Yeah, he can. All right, next we have Adularia of the Moonlit Water. So this is a V-Jump card. It is a level 5 water spellcaster effect monster, 1000 attack, 1000 defense. You can only special summon by the first effect of this card's name once per turn. You can only use the first, third effect of this card's name once per turn. One, if you have a face-up card in your spell and trap zone, you can special summon this card from your hand. Two, gain 600 attack and defense for each face-up spell trap on the field. Three, you can send two face-up cards from your spell and traps onto the graveyard. Send one level four or lower monster from your deck to the graveyard. This is This is like almost an adventure card. It's almost crystal beast support. Yeah, it's almost Crystal Beast support, but then also almost an adventure card. Honestly? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of crazy, honestly. Key term, almost. Um, if you have, like, if your deck has access to another to other face-ups that you can just send with its effect, like, I don't know, um, sending uh, already activated Fog Blades that you don't need on the field anymore. Right. Uh, to get their graveyard effects off. You can just bin, you can just bin uh, Water Enchantress. Yeah, you and can. It's ridiculous. Yeah, this card's actually not bad at all. Oh, yeah. In uh, any deck that has a lot of spells, face-up spells. Right. Right. You know, how many decks How many decks like that are there? One or two. Yeah. Uh, lastly, we got two new cards from the uh, Crystal Beast Structure deck. Yes. So, first off, we have a... A quick spell card called Awakening of the Gem God. A more proper translation for the TCG is going to be something more along the lines of Awakening of the Crystal Lord. Yes. Cool. Uh, quick play spell. You can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. One, reveal an ultimate crystal monster in your hand to activate one of these effects. Or, if you control an ultimate crystal monster, activate both of these effects. <clears throat> one, take a bridge card, except Evolutionary Bridge... S Fort Bridgehead and Stellar Knight Sky Bridge. That's really specific. Or one Rainbow Refraction from your deck. Either add it to your hand or send it to the graveyard. And or special summon a Crystal Beast monster from your hand, deck, graveyard, or spell and trap zone. It searches Rainbow Bridge and Bridge of Salvation. I mean, yeah. Uh, next up, we and lastly, we have Crystal Brilliance Continuous Trap Card. You can only control one Crystal Brilliance. Crystal Beast monsters you control gain attack equal to their original defense. That makes Thermal Tortoise 3300. Yeah, it can be pretty big. Yeah, that that's that's 
interesting. It makes them all really big, except Carbuncle. Um, three, if a Crystal Beast card is placed in your Spell and Trap Zone, even during the damage step, you can send this face-up card from your Spell and Trap Zone to the Graveyard. Especially when a Crystal Beast monster from your hand or deck. Also, any damage you take this turn is halved. It seems like a pretty cool card, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then other cards that are being reprinted in the structure deck. Uh, Haman, Lord of Striking Thunder. Great card in Crystal Beasts. Yep. Uh, Ghost Melon Haunted Mansion, Rainbow Bridge, The Melody of Awakening Dragon, good card, Cosmic Cyclone, good card, Ultimate Crystal Magic, Metaverse, good card, Rainbow Over Dragon, Crystal Beast Rainbow Dragon, and Crystal Bond. Yep. These are all cards. Uh, I mean, the Ghost Bell is a really good reprint. Yeah, Ghost Bell is always a pretty good card. It's one of those cards that kind of comes and goes out of vogue depending upon the meta. Right, right. All right. So I'm going to take just a moment here now that we finished all these cards to thank, of course, our sponsor, ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. So ETB is your one-stop shop for all of your card game needs. They have everything that you need for the games that you love, such as Yu-Gi-Oh! Match the Gathering, Pokemon, and Digimon. They have singles and sealed product. They have deck boxes, sleeves, play mats, binders, etc. Whatever you need for the games that you love. They also, of course, have a wonderful tabletop game area that you can play dungeons and dragons things like that you can get figurines paint for them the guidebooks the mats that go on the table all kinds of things that are just really necessary for dungeons and dragons or any tabletop game whatever you're playing pathfinder whatever also they have a wonderful place to go and hang out and play some video games with some friends so if you are interested check them out their link is in the description down below and with that said, let's go ahead and get on into the other thing that we want to talk about today. So if you have read the title of the episode, I'm sure you've seen, we're also going to take some time to talk about the actual, a topic that we've actually already talked about once. So that was a while ago and we've gotten much bigger and there's a lot of new players getting in. Yeah, absolutely. So Something that we really want to emphasize on this podcast is taking players that are maybe a little bit newer to the game or they've been out for a long time and helping them get back into the flow of the game, helping them get into what it's like to compete in this game and play this game. So not everybody wants to go to big tournaments all the time and this, that, and the other. Some people just want to hang out at their locals on a Saturday. Right. Absolutely. And And throw cards on a table. Right, and I get that. But some people also have competitive aspirations, and there's nothing wrong with that. I personally have competitive aspirations with this game. I like the idea of going to big, big tournaments. I will travel for them. I'll go across the country for them. To me, it's a good reason to travel and go see things I've never seen. Like later this year, I'm going to Niagara Falls. That's always a place I've wanted to go, and... I know it sounds crazy to a lot of people. It's like to most people, it's not that far or people that are in like Eastern time zone and like up North and things. Listen, we in the South, when I mean the South, I mean this South, that far South where this is a normal way to, of speaking. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really. Mean, if I go talk to someone like down the street, that's how they're going to talk. Honestly. Yeah. I, I know people that say that say with conviction that everybody north of I-10 is a Yankee. Yep. Like, I-10 is not that... I-10 rides the Gulf Coast. You know? So... Listen, listen, listen. There's some... Uh, I have... I know people who have relatives who don't speak English. They speak French. Yeah, and if you're from Montreal, that's not a big deal. <laughs> but no, 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 no. That's how far south they are. They don't even speak French French. They speak Creole. Cajun French. Yeah. I, my So my grandmother used to actually have a close friend of hers. And they would sit at the table and they would play cards. Like uh, they would play like rummy and things like yeah. that. And they would sit at the table, play cards, and talk about their husbands in Cajun French. Because... They didn't speak Cajun French. Right. The husbands didn't speak Cajun French. So like if they, when they wanted to sit down and gossip or whatever... They would sit down, play cards, and gossip and things in Cajun French. And I remember growing up, my dad would, 
Like, uh, he knew a little smattering of it, of course, but naturally... Osmosis of just being around it. Right, right. The, the only issue was uh, all he remembered was the bad words. Of course. So, you know... That that was all I ever learned was the was the not so nice words, listen, which honestly over time has also been lost to me. Listen, listen. There's only one Creole word that you need to know. Gumbo. That's Cajun, not Creole. I would argue that it's both, but continue. Fair. Etouffe. I would argue that that would be that would also be considered Cajun, but Fair. it's funny that both of our minds immediately went to food. Yeah, it's gumbo, <laughs> etouffee, and jambalaya. Yeah, those are the three words. Yeah, if you're going, if you're coming to Louisiana, those are like the three words you need to know. Just ask anybody; they'd be like, "What are you trying to find?" And you're like, "Food." And they're like, "I mean, there's food all around: uh, uh, gumbo, jambalaya, etouffee." Yeah, and it's like, "All right, well, here's where you go. You go down the street to the left." <laughs> Yeah, you'll see a house with, like, three trucks in front of it. Yeah, that's a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some of my or, favorites. Or, or, hold on, if you're in our neck of the woods, you go down uh, this one street, and uh, right before Taco Bell, there's a building with a giant crawfish on the top. That's not a joke. That's true. That's not a joke. Listen, I mean, when we say a giant crawfish on the top, it we, goes we, it goes across the entire top of the building. Yeah, yeah. We we don't mean like a lar- comically large crawfish. We mean the crawfish is probably what eighty feet long. Maybe if it falls on like a group of people, it's going to kill a cu- it would kill a couple hundred people. It is huge. Yeah, and that's just honestly, that's not uncommon. Yeah, that's not that's not the only place that I've seen a a larger than comically large crawfish. Another funny thing about, about our state. I'll say one more thing before we, then we'll get back into what we are actually going to talk about. Um, every year where we live puts up a bunch of lights, puts up a bunch of Christmas lights for Christmas. Right. One of the Christmas light at this major, uh, intersection. Oh yeah. I know exactly what you're about to say. Yeah. Is Santa Claus. And instead of reindeer, he's got three gators. Yes. He has three alligators pulling his sleigh. And, um, most of the like most of the decorations and most of the Christmas lights they pull down the rest of the year. That one stays up year round. Yeah, they just plug it in for Christmas. Yeah, they literally, it's insane. Also, some of the best restaurants I've eaten at in Louisiana are in like portable buildings. Yes. So this I don't know if this is a thing in other places. They're almost like food trucks. But they're not really like portable. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. like a food truck you can like drive off and go somewhere. Yeah, this is more like somebody had a trailer, backed it up in the spot, dropped it, and that's where you eat at. Yeah, so so like you know how you can buy those like it's like a shed. Yeah. It's like a like a pre-manufactured shed. Yeah. And you buy it and they just come in and drop it at your house and you have a shed. Like, it's like tin sides. Yeah. Maybe got one window on it. Yeah. yeah. Those are some of the best restaurants around here. There, there's more than a couple. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've only eaten, like, one of one of them, like, twice. But, oh, my God, was it good. Listen, I'm just going to say, if you're ever in Converse, Louisiana, which is beyond a small town, there's one restaurant there. It's called Granny's Cafe. Oh, my God, <laughs> Granny's. It is amazing. It's if, so good. And if you're ever near Toledo Bend, pick up some uh, some tamales. Some Toledo. Oh yeah, if you're in Zawali, if yeah, Zawali, in... Zawali tamales. Yeah, so it's Zawali Converse right next to each other. Yeah. But we're not gonna bore you with that anymore. Although those tamales are amazing. The the tamale festival they have in Zawali every year, uh, worth checking out mm-hmm. if you're ever in the area. In extremely, extremely rural Louisiana for some yeah. reason. But also, be sure that if you go to the Tamale Festival, you bring a knife vest. Because you, because there will be a stabbing. It may or may not involve you. <laughs> it might not be you, but somebody's going to be stabbed. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Every year at the, at the Tamale Festival, there's a minimum of five stabbings. Yeah, no, I, I've heard that, like, like people get shanked in Zawali. It's gotten to the point where... 
if you're if somebody says they're from Zawali to someone else who is from Zawali, the first thing they ask is, "Where's your stab wound?" It's pretty bad. And if you don't have, they t- they'll look at you and go, "You're lying. You're not from Zawali." Then, yeah, it's pretty. If you bad. haven't been stabbed before, you're not from Zawali. It's pretty bad. They don't even have a hospital. They just like <clears throat> live with stab wounds. Yeah, kind of. I mean, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, because they have the. I mean, because they have the uh, the the uh, fish hookery. The fish hookery. Yeah, I forgot what it's actually called, but literally, it's a little station they have at the Tamale Festival. You walk up, and you say, "I have been stabbed," and they pull out a fish hook and a fishing wire and stitch you up. Okay, that I haven't heard. I'm a bit skeptical of that. That sounds like a rumor. <laughs> But I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> and then they just kind of, then they, you know, they give, then you give a shot of rum and send you on your way. That does sound like a very Zawali thing. Wait, Cane, Cane River whiskey, not rum. Okay, again, I I don't know if that's true. I'm just gonna be honest with you. But it does sound very much like Zawali. Okay, anyway, that was a <laughs> that was a nine minute um we, sorry, tangent. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, listen. If you're going to your first tournament, the most important thing is to uh, bring Yu-Gi-Oh cards. They're okay. they're very important to have for a tournament. Um, preferably like forty to sixty of them. Uh, All the standard rules and practices for a Yu-Gi-Oh deck. Besides that, you're also going to bring sleeves. If you don't have sleeves, bring money to buy them at your local card shop. I'm nine. I'm nine percent sure they're going to have some. Okay, so those arrange. From about five dollars to about ten, bring like ten bucks. I would say seven is like average. Yeah, but I would say like ten because then taxes and. You can order Dragon Shield sleeves from the Dragon Shield website using our affiliate code for I think it's five forty nine for a yes. pack of sleeves. Something like that for a pack of uh, si- what is it? 60? Sixty. Yeah, yeah, sixty. Yeah. Also, if you follow us on Twitter, we are doing some Twitter giveaways of Dragon Shield sleeves. Yes, yeah, so you might be able to pick up pick some up from us. Anyway, again, tangent aside. Actually, I would say if you're very new to the game or you're a returning player, there's a few things that you need to know about going to a tournament, whether it's locals, regionals, YCS, whatever. When you're going to your first tournament experience, there's some things that you can do to prep to make sure that you are the most prepared prepared that you can be. One thing I would recommend real quick before I forget, because I'm going to forget if I don't say it now. Sure. If you go online and literally Google Yu-Gi-Oh decklist PDF, you'll 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 be able to pull up a form fillable PDF. Yes. Put your decklist in that. Okay, so that's something I was actually going to bring. Okay, I didn't know if you were or not. So yeah, I was actually I was I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting yeah. there. So <laughs> the sleeve thing was not a joke. Actually, sleeves are required by Konami to play in tournament events. They are there to make sure that people aren't stacking or marking cards so and if your card just got that bare back it gets scratched up from shuffling absolutely and you can eventually get a scratch that's very obvious to you right may not be so obvious to your opponent yeah like oh it's got an x scratch here that is my blue eyes as an example right I i would say that um a lot of people not everybody a lot of people play this game on a budget but i would say that a lot of people put a lot of money into their cards and a lot of money into their decks. So it is beneficial for you to protect the cards that you're using. So you can use them for a long time. You know, this exactly shiny cardboard you spent $50 on. Yeah, like, I and if you're, sh- if when you're shuffling these cards, please, for the love of God, don't bridge shuffle. I mean, my goodness, that that's just... It always makes me just go... Mm. If my opponent, if I see my opponent's about to bridge shuffle my cards, I will stop them. I'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. That, that's, a thousand, that's over $1,000 worth of cards you're about to bend. Stop. Oh, no, no, no. no, like, you know if I see my opponent about to bridge shuffle their own deck, I go, whoa, 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 And I stop them like, whoa, whoa, hold up, hold up. Oh, they can do whatever they want to their deck. But if they do that to their deck, I'll say, hey, here's my deck. You can cut it. Don't bridge shuffle my deck. Yeah. But, I'll call a judge. Yeah, but I, but I'm one of the like, whoa, 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 hold up, don't do that, and explain why, and then show them how to do how to shuffle a deck without damaging it. Very easy to to Google to not Google to YouTube up. Look at that before you shuffle, but do not bridge. Yeah, don't don't bridge shuffle. So sleeves are very important. They protect your cards. They protect your investment. Uh, I would sleeve. Any card that you think could be worth something also. Like if if it's in your trade binder or whatever, sleeve your cards. It it doesn't cost that much for sleeves. And 
And then, you've, like, once you've worn out your sleeves and you're, and you're like, I don't want to use a sleeve on my deck anymore, and you re-sleeve your deck... Keep those sleeves. Yeah, you can use them for uh, cards that are just going in your trade binder, cards that you're just putting into, like... Your pile of I don't need this now, but I know, but I know I'm going to need this card later. Yeah, I'm a hoarder when it comes to sleeves. Uh, <laughs> if you look anywhere in my studio or man cave or whatever you want to call it, you can find just like boxes of sleeves. I save like when I open a fresh pack of sleeves and I resleeve my deck. I put the all the old sleeves in the box and I save the box of sleeves. And then I've got a big box that I use to hold all of my sleeves. And it's like a big bulk storage box. And it's just got like thousands of sleeves in there. I have old, really old, cool sleeves that I'm saving. If I want to bring them to a tournament, use them as extra deck sleeves, whatever. I have bulk sleeves that I can use as binder sleeves, whatever. I always keep my old sleeves. They're really important. Oh, yeah. Next, I would say get to the venue early. So if they say tournament starts at one, get there at noon. Yeah, I would say getting to a tournament an hour early, or at least like 30 minutes at the bare minimum. Because then it gives you time to stand in line if you have to stand, if you have to stand in line. Right. Turn in your deck list that if that's required for a local. Some locals don't require it. Some do. You'll have to ask. Most locals don't require a deck list, but absolutely regionals and YCSs will. And case tournaments vary. So yeah, it's definitely something you're going to ask and figure out beforehand yeah i would say to like caleb said ask beforehand maybe message the shop say you know hey i'm gonna be coming here for the first time is a deck list required if it is i absolutely recommend the form fillable pdf in fact we can leave a link to that in the description down I, below I will leave a link to it in the description down below you just fill out your deck list and print it out yeah it, it's really not bad at all and if you don't have a printer and you can't do that, that's fine. Most shops, if they're requiring deck lists, they'll have they'll have deck lists there for you to fill out or even a printer. Right, and you can either print out your own deck list. You can actually make a deck list on Neuron on the app on your phone. Yep. And import it to an actual Konami deck list form. Mm -hmm. So very convenient. Next, I would say it's really important to understand the meta understand what you're going to be getting into as far as what you're playing against but even more important than that is understanding your deck understanding how your cards work understanding in case there's a rulings discrepancy maybe your opponent doesn't know what card what your card does understand that way you can explain it if need be yeah you know i, I would know all of your cards inside and out a great example is Small World being a very weird card that very few decks run. I have, just as an example of this exact situation of, uh, um, I was in a tournament, I activated Small World, uh -huh. and my opponent ashed and went, so what are you banishing, so what are you revealing? And I was like, nothing, you ashed it, but you still have to pay the cost. There is no cost. Right. And you knew that. Because that's your card. Yeah, and I've read that card 15 dozen times. Because to understand that card, you have to read it 15 dozen times, but I digress. Yeah. I would say that these are just a couple of things that you can do to prepare yourself. I would watch deck profiles to understand the composition and makeup of some of the decks you're expecting to play against. I would maybe even look up a combo tutorial video on that deck. Even if you're not playing the deck, if you're playing against it, it's still worth knowing how to how the deck functions. That way you have an idea of how to play against that deck, how to interrupt it, where to hand trap the deck. Also, you can check out, I, I know Gary from GGYGO just released an awesome, I think it's about an hour long where to interrupt guide for the the entire meta yeah oh yeah no that's something also very important is knowing what your interrupts are your your negates or whatever and also where to use them against the deck you kind of have absolutely kind of have to have a game plan going uh because they're actually so like and that's also part of knowing your deck because there actually might be a weird interaction with a specific deck that your deck can do which is hilarious right uh I'm trying to think of like a great example of that. 
off the top of my head, I'm not really... Oh, uh, Dino. Just naturally main deck uh, Token Collector. Right. Because it's an extender. Because uh, Lost World, like, some, uh, like, it turns a Dino plus Lost World plus Token Collector. It can turn into full combo very easily, depending upon... No matter what the normal summon is. Right. Um, right. I'm sorry, I've watched Emperor's New Groove multiple times recently. Great movie. Uh, yes. So you like Lost World, normal, normal summon... Dino, Effect Lost World gives them a token. A token was summoned, token collector, pop the token, protect it with Lost World, bam, you're, you're off to the races. Which makes the deck hilariously naturally good against... Sword Soul and Adventure. Sword Soul and Adventure. Because I'm already running token collector. Yeah, I, I think that that deck's actually a really good meta Stu- choice for right now. Uh, stuff like that. Stuff weird, silly interactions like that. Um, that's like the first one comes off the top of my head. Can you think of any like weird scenery interaction that's just naturally built into the deck that, um, I would say that, and I'm coming up with this because I'm playing sword soul, but I would say it's very important to understand that you can go, you can special Ashuna, Ashuna make monk and then special the Longion, and then if your opponent token collectors you right there, you can use Ashuna to summon Adhara to make Yazi, and then pop their token collector. Yeah, and then just kind of, and that's just kind of something that's actually built into Sword Soul. Just a natural line of progression they can do to get around token collector. Yeah, specifically token collector, um, which is hilarious. Um, also, a whole lot of floodgates. Yeah, well, it would depend on the floodgate. Yeah. Yeah, if it's like rivalry, they can pop the rivalry and then they can just kind of go, cool. Well, I would be happy about rivalry. I mean, it prevents you from making uh, Baron and White Aura Whale. And and the uh, new Archfiend, the new Thought Ruler. Oh, uh, Psychic and Punisher. Thank you, Psychic and Punisher. Yeah. But that's about it. Right. I, I would say knowing some of these more intimate lines of play are something that comes with time and understanding the deck. Yeah. But... I- I would really recommend knowing your deck very well and do some test matches with it before the event. I still have another good example. Go for it. Okay, so you're playing against Dino and you're playing a fusion deck. Doesn't matter what fusion deck. Shadal, Despia, doesn't matter. Probably won't be Despia. If they ultimate conductor your stuff, you don't care. Right. Fusion decks are the only deck that do not care about their stuff getting flipped face down. Because you can still use face down things as fusion material, right? Right. Which is hilarious. <clears throat> I think that there's also something to be said before you go to the tournament. Make sure you're well rested, well yes. fed, hydrated. well hydrated. Yes, absolutely. Because if you're tired and hungry and thirsty the whole time then it's going to make your tournament be a lot longer than it really needs to be. It'll definitely make it feel a lot longer. Right. And you're also going to make a lot more mistakes because you're distracted and tired and burning yeah. up. Just, and... just don't. Just, just don't. Just don't. Just don't. Don't do that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <clears throat> I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we really want to add on to this. Uh, make sure you have your mat. Yeah, a play mat is a really important part keep an eye on your stuff yeah that's really important so i recommend a bag that can lock and some of the locking bags are kind of expensive so if you can't afford a bag with a lock a lot of people wear their bag actually like on their chest to really make sure that their stuff is not getting like unzippered without when they're not paying attention yeah and then like while you're in the middle of a game you put all your stuff on the table zip up your backpack and then you stick it in between your legs I do that every single tournament. Every round of a tournament, my backpack goes between my legs and I can feel it the whole time and I know um, it's there. I personally like to rest my backpack on my feet um, because it because then it puts the weight on my feet. Keeps you grounded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeps you grounded. Yeah, it also keeps me from like if I if like the tape like the chairs are really tall because I'm kind of short. Yeah, <laughs> it also prevents me from just kind of swinging my feet like that, like I am now. I was about to say I just looked under the desk to notice that you're just freely swinging your feet. Yes, uh, because this chair is like ever so slightly too tall for me. Yeah, yeah, I see that now. 
And here I am raising every chair up. Yeah, yeah. I'm short. True. Sue me. So, <laughs> I would say that some of the things that I would eat in preparation of the tournament, I would eat a sturdy breakfast, like a hearty breakfast. Something mm. with some protein in it. Grits. I mean, grits isn't bad, yeah. Grits eggs. and butter, eggs, some bacon. Something like that, some yeah. Toast. Um, and a banana. That's my thing. I, I think bananas are like a superfood. Um, I didn't... I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, eating two bananas is actually the equivalent... The energy that you get from it is the equivalent of drinking an entire energy drink. Another fun fact about, about bananas. They're radioactive. Slightly, yes. But, but that's fine. That just meant, That just means they give you superpowers. But no, the funny part is the amount of bananas you would need to eat to get to to start having the effects of the radiation you would have other problems before potassium with, poisoning yeah and even before the, and even before the potassium poisoning which you can actually get real easily uh for me to meet like i think it's four bananas is enough oh, it's way more than that uh well to put down like like a child who is probably the person who would make the decision to eat like four or five bananas in a row hey, i like bananas i can eat four or five in a row yeah, but you're also much... I'm talking about, like, a child who just got a whole banana just eating them one after the other real quick. Then... I I, 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 I could eat five bananas in a row real quick. But you're also, what, six foot two? Six foot one. I was close. You're six, six one. Yeah, you're six, six one, two fifty, yeah. Yeah, six one, 250 pounds. You probably have to eat eight or nine bananas. Like, one after the other. I feel like I could eat an entire bunch of bananas. Wow, this podcast has really gotten off the rails. Yeah, we and spent we spent like five minutes talking about Zawali. Fair enough, and who knows how many minutes talking about bananas? Anyway, eat good. And yes, then, and then also have plans for afterward. Uh, are the you best go- the best part about going to a tournament is going outside and chit chatting in between rounds, and yeah. then afterwards. You going and the boys. out, yes. Go out with all your friends and get get it like a cool dinner. Get some sushi or something. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, when we say you and the boys, this includes the this includes women too. You, you and everybody else. This, this be, is yes, everybody. Being a member of the boys has nothing to do with gender. I mean, true. It's kind of like Warhammer Forty K and saying brother. I, I don't get that reference, but oh, so a common thing Warhammer 40k for Warhammer 40k is say things like "brother, get the flamer, the heavy flamer." Uh, in that context, "brother" is a is a uh, gender neutral term that just means uh, comrade, friend. Yeah, Cause I, I I would say that um, Saturdays are not necessarily for the boys, but Saturdays are for the boys. <laughs> Saturdays is for slinging cards. A child's card game on motorcycles. Absolutely. All right. That's going to wrap us up for today's episode. <laughs> we, we've done enough tangential um, rambling. Yeah. That's a good word. That's a good good use of phrase. Tangential rambling. <laughs> that's like half of this podcast, I feel. All right. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. True. All right. The most recent podcast question of the day was what do you think is currently the best deck in the format? Actually, this is the first episode of this month. Oh. Because we took last Friday off. I, I forgot. Did we take last? Was that last Friday? It feels like it. I don't remember. It. Time for me has been all wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Doctor Time Who is reference. a flat circle. I don't know. D- Doctor Who reference for those of you who caught that. Best deck in the format... Heroes, Pendulum, Dragon Link, Adamancipator, Despia. I feel like I already read these off. You probably did. The point is, this podcast question of the day will be what do what are some of your things that you do before you go to a tournament? Whether it be playtesting, eating a good hearty breakfast, getting all your cards and trades together, whatever. Be sure to let us know on Twitter and, of course, in our Discord server in the Podcast Question of the Day channel that we have just for this. So, with all of that said, a huge thank you to all of you for listening, sticking it out, hearing us ramble about random towns in Louisiana for some reason. And bananas. And bananas. Yeah. (laughs) Banana! We've come full circle. 
All right. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. Be sure, of course, to check us out on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend. Let them know what you think. And, of course, until next time, have a good week, everybody. Take care, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.